0: Solo voy con mi pena, va mi condena. Correré mi destino para burlar la ley.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The World Isn't Flat. I'm your host, Jovan Johnson. The rest of my co-hosts. Shadopani. Adrian here David Yammer. Yeah, right. Today we're going to be talking about private education in particular the increasing prominence of private delivery of education in developing countries the role of the state and the development implications Shah sure, particularly
2: Yeah so the World Bank issues a, a World Development Report every year and in 2018 the report was focused on the global learning crisis and I think that's a very good place to start off um, and particularly when we could focus on private education today. There was a survey done of uh, 19 sub-Saharan African countries and about one-fifth of the students there now attend private, that means non-state, non-government run schools. And in other countries like my native Pakistan that number is higher, it's double, it's four in ten students are in non-government schools. And uh, this is a very interesting development in public, uh, in service delivery of education that in a lot of these developing countries now there's an explicit promotion on private sector or some sort of a private service delivery of these schools. And there's enough evidence to go by why is this being done. They tend to be more efficient, it's, more, uh, it's better and uh, it's less costly. And this is something we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk, focus on three questions. We're going to start off with uh, understanding what has led to this, uh, calling it a rise may not be the best word, but it's the only one I can think of. Trend. Uh, yeah, this trend of uh, increasing uh, reliance on pub, uh, pub private sector delivery of education in a lot of developing countries, certainly not all, but in many. Um, and we will go from there to see the interaction or the role of state in this trend. And how is the, uh, are they regulating these schools, what kind of incentive structures are being created by the states which is either promoting or discouraging uh, the private service delivery of education. And then we will speculate a bit at the end on the long-term implication of uh, private service delivery, because that's where we don't really have a lot of evidence right now, and it would be interesting to think about how that will impact these in intent between down the road, the focus on equity concerns. So uh, let's start it off with uh, the rise of or the trend, uh, increasing trend of private service uh, education.
1: Where does this
2: So in Pakistan, what has happened since the 80s, uh, I would say late 80s, has been, and it has become much uh, rapid since the turn of the century, is because of the failure, I would say, of the governments governments to invest in uh, public schools, particularly considering that the GDP was growing, especially in 2003 to 2008 there was a GDP growth bump in in Pakistan, and uh, the middle class could not, uh, in many ways, uh, move towards uh, a private uh, uh, private education is a substitute for inefficient, overcrowded, and often not even available public schools. By the way, there are areas in Pakistan where you even can't get a government school.
0: Should we maybe just before we go a little bit further um, in the topic, maybe we should define what we mean actually by education yes. here, because when you say even what we mean by private education, because when we're saying private education, we don't refer to. Or sure. private that we know, for example, in Europe or in the US. Yeah, so let
2: me just uh, like uh, differentiate between what you might, if you're grown up in America or Britain or uh, Europe and generally, you might consider private schools to be these elite institutes like Eton and the Phillips Academy, and Philip Phillips Ex- Easter Academy, I don't know. Massachusetts. Yeah, uh, so uh, there are of course elite uh, post-colonial institutions in a lot of these countries too, uh, but when we talk about private schools what political interest is of mine and perhaps of the podcast today would be the low-cost private schools which are usually charging between three dollars to let's say uh, for middle class twenty25 dollars a month U.S. Uh, yeah, about equivalent. But most of them, for instance, in Pakistan, the average p- private school charge is about six dollars. The low cost private school,
0: which is to say that <coughs> in terms of cost, there is no major difference between the public and the private sector. Well,
2: the public s- uh, government spends more money on schools usually than the private and sp- uh, the low cost private schools do. Uh, so about the, uh, the if you sort of uh, look at specifically low cost private schools, uh, you can say that there are about a, uh, uh, there are over a million. Uh, private schools in developing countries right now, uh, as of 2010, mm-hmm. and I think they are much more uh, now. So they're becoming sort of the substitute for a lot of state failure in a lot of these countries. because right, that's you sort just of what
3: I'm wondering, sorry to interrupt you. No. Um, is it a case of sort of middle and upper class exit from a public education system that's seen as failing their students? So um,
2: I think that would be... For I think that is correct in many cases. There are m- schools which do ca- cater to the middle class, but you need to understand, middle class is often the elite in a lot of these countries, the
3: global middle class. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I was fr- referring to the national yeah. class. Yeah,
2: and uh, most private schools, or at least the low-cost private schools, target low, middle, and working class people. Mm. So, uh, there, it's, in one way, you can think about it as a mass exit of people, not only the middle class, but also the working class, from pri- public education.
0: And that's a very interesting trend which is coming up. So, if, if, if I may, I have a quick question. because So, the private school, for example, in Pakistan, where are they located? Are they located more in the cities, or are they also present in the countryside? Because when you were saying that they are targeting at the working class, at the growing middle class, and so on, it seems to me that they are also very much like targeting on urban populations, and not necessarily on rural populations.
2: Well, it's certainly true that there might be more in urban areas, but they are there are significant amounts of them in rural areas too. The access is rather good of uh, low cost private schools in mm. Pakistan. They might There's still areas there might not be, but where there's demand, there's often an urgency for entrepreneurs to come in and launch it. Let's just, uh, in order to really understand the rise of private schools, in Pakistan, for instance, uh, what is interesting is that private schools on average pay five times less to their teachers uh, than their public school counterparts. Five times. Yes, what's even more fascinating is that private school teachers also have a lower academic qualifications and are half as likely to receive training than teachers employed by government schools. However, despite all of this, the students at these uh, schools, at the private schools, are on
0: average two two grades ahead of the government school peers, which leads us to ask the question: Is it really the formation provided in these schools that that is actually the reason of this increase in a performance, or is it actually the input that much? You talk about in selection this? bias. Is yes, it a selection
3: function biased? of impoverished students performing. More poorly because of household influences or but other poverty influences.
1: I think before we even go there, we, we I don't think we have fully mapped what exactly is triggering the rise. I mean, you, you touched on it in terms of the, the, the elites' exit. If if, if, if if you yeah. you also mentioned the, the, the issue of market as of, of state failure, for example, and, and they're just a little bit more, more specific form. to say, sorry,
2: they're just providing better education.
1: But what is the government not doing? better what yeah, the so government this, this not doing. This is very interesting. Uh, because uh, because if, if we say the rise of private education, we're also saying, I guess normatively, that the provision of education really should be the function of the state. Because if we're saying the rise of education is as a result of the failure of the state, yes. we're saying that the state really should be the one to deliver education. But well, that was the default. Which is, which is yeah. we're talking about primary, early childhood, maybe secondary education. Wait,
0: we're, not, we're not saying that it should be. We're saying that it was the case right. and that the private sector is actually taking... Uh, taking the turn in actually sort of thwarting the failure. Right, of but the it was.
1: But are we also saying that it really should be the domain of the state? But this is this is a different matter to which we're going to like uh, touch upon the, later uh,
2: on. Let me just uh, briefly just take two points. One of them, which Adrian mentioned, was that is there is just a selection bias uh, of people going to private schools, and that's certainly true if you look at the aggregate data. But there are, have been RCTs done which show uh, that this doesn't.
0: RCTs being uh, well, here randomized uh, controlled yes, trial which Yes,
2: is... so there have been done in developing countries to show that even if you more or less put everything else constant, private education or private provision or private running of schools creates better uh, uh, outcomes than public provision does Interestingly uh, there was a study which in li- uh, in one of the West, I believe it was Liberia Liberian. but in specific what I want to mention is that there if the uh, Liberian government was contracting ours, out or is contracting out schools to this, which we won't name, this particular uh, company which runs private, low-cost private schools in the world. we not going to mention their name, huh? Let's not mention that. Okay. Uh, but, uh, 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 uh. The point is that, uh, and the study and most of the uh, uh, benefit they were getting was because they were essentially taking all the bad, non-performing public school teachers and kicking them out to other schools. You can't fire them, yes. so you're essentially taking the best teachers from the public education system hiring new teachers which are good in delivering education and pushing the bad ones to other public schools remember it's very hard to fire public school teachers in most developing countries
0: so it's kind of the lemon market problem. but like just coming back to the case studies, yeah the lemon did, problem the, the coming back to the case studies you were talking about and linking it to what joanne was saying about the state failure and the fact that the market was coming in the game to actually sort of be a substitute of what the the, the state failed to do is it doesn't mean in my opinion that the state is out of the equation and referring to the case studies you were talking about it was actually so a report from the World Bank with uh, this researcher Justin who was comparing Liberia and Pakistan and the interesting uh, thing was so like not only in Liberia they contracted out to external international um contractors but also there was this, first of all, pluralistic Mm -hmm. institution. There was this um, cooperation between the state and the market in both cases. But what was missing in Liberia, which eventually led to the failure of the programs, contrary to uh, the case in Pakistan, where it was actually quite successful and it was a good investment in the end in the private education, was that in Pakistan, compared to Liberia, it was not only a pluralistic institution with state and market, but in Pakistan, it was also hybrid institution with state market, but also social norms and local communities because they were contracting out, but to local businesses and local business people were actually had to get the, the permission from the parents to build the school. They had to find a place to build the school. They had to show a business plan and so on. Whereas in the case of Liberia, there was no, they didn't account for the environment they were actually uh, no. In which it was taking
1: place. I,
2: I think this brings us very uh, perfectly to a second point, which we're going to talk about today: is uh, uh, what is the role of state in this new trend of public, uh, private provision of, uh, uh, pub, of, of education? And that's a very interesting study, which is a comparison between two studies done in one in Send in Pakistan and the other one in Liberia. And of course, there are other, not all pub, private provision of public uh, of education has been successful. Uh, when there has been cases where you contract out schools, they have done much worse, or they have cost more money. There are several other things which do uh, count. But generally, on average, private provision has often been an alternative or a functioning alternative to a failing public education system. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is that if you for a minute, let's for the next five minutes consider mm-hmm. that that's it. That's the reality that we have to have p- private provision of education in developing countries. Liberia doesn't work. The government of Pakistan doesn't work. Uh, north, like, generally that they are not able to deliver it. So, what would the interaction of the role of the government would be in regulating, or in how will it regulate this pri- private provision of education then?
0: Well, I think before uh, answering the question, what should be the role of the state in this interaction between the state and market? We should also ask ourselves why is the market efficient in providing this? Because in this case, like you were saying private institution uh, like the market for the for the private education is not like the one existing in europe and as they are actually charging more or less the same price they are of course i suppose they are looking for profits and benefits but it's not the main uh, the main driving force behind this increase in performance and so on and what seems to be the case in my opinion one interesting uh, hints on that is the fact that they have unconventional ways of teaching with this untrained uh, for example teachers with like different I suppose the curriculum are uniform somehow. But they might have a like, different way of teaching it. So this is this unconventionality, this kind of creativity that is instilled by the market that seems to work. So taking that into account, we can ask ourselves what should be the role of the state? Should it put a frame, a regulated framework to avoid it going too far? Which could be the case, because so far it's quite a new trend.
2: Yeah, I will put uh, David and I come and just, I want to just leave a number there. I was reading a blog, on the World Bank site by this guy who co-authored the development report. And in, a, uh, in the study of private schools in 22 uh, sub-Saharan African countries, less than half of the countries have policies which require schools to undergo regular inspections.
3: Right. So there is not a lot of uh, regulation. And David, really you want to join That's in? That's what I was thinking. I mean, if you think about maybe the three biggest issues with private provision of education, you think of the principal Asian problem, which that speaks to, just how the you principle in, being the principle being the state and the agent being the The market the how do you ensure that your agent is operating in your interest but
2: I, w- right. I wouldn't call it a principal agent no I, w- I
0: wouldn't either because there is no asymmetric information to the extent that you are actually letting this it's a business monitoring yeah, issue. yeah but you're letting this business happen between like like you were saying when which we can actually link it to the accountability mechanism because here the af- the the principal agent problem refers to this asymmetry of information. How can you sort of align the incentives? Right. And usually it is a problem because you have asymmetric information, and so lack of accountability. In this case, what you're inter- what you're trying to do by privatizing, is create this short route accountability, and so the principal yes. agent problem is between the customers, the clients, and the, 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 the private. But there is a problem with,
1: with information because the state is this, the state is assuming that the private people have the kind of capacity and the knowledge and the technical te- exactly. capacity to do so. It's a monitor. So there is a... I think pro- we can come back
2: to a bit accountability and the long-term implication of it, too. But at this point, okay. right, you have a state which does not have good mechanisms to raise revenue. They don't have a stable taxization system. Um, they don't have capacity. And these private schools are coming up right and left, often run by local entrepreneurs, which are costing significantly less money, creating jobs, Creating uh, uh <laughs> creating jobs and also tr- uh, providing education to a lot of these kids, uh, right then and there. And a lot of um, donors, multilateral donors, are coming and saying that perhaps this is the solution for the education crisis in uh, these countries. Assuming that we agree for the next five ten minutes that is the solution, what exactly should has the government has to do to make sure that this works? Because considering yes. they're not regulating it and right that, now,
3: that was so yeah. I mentioned the th- three. Yeah. big issues with ensuring um, your private education system is working. The second, and maybe the biggest issue, is equity. How do you ensure that private yeah. schools reach the poorest segments of the population? Because typically, the poorest families can't afford these
1: minority groups, groups the, girls.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. so how do you ensure equity? So how is Pakistan dealing with that issue? Yeah, that, that's a very
2: interesting one. I think there has been to an extent... Uh, they haven't done a lot when it comes to ensuring equity but but because that's the nature of understanding that if it costs three dollars or four dollars a month to send your kid to school, most people who don't live in absolute poverty would be able to do so. Now that will disproportionately right. that, that, that that would <laughs> that, that would dispropor- Yeah. That will disproportionately be much higher chunk of the income of certain people than the other people, right? Mm-hmm. So so a lot of governments are trying to come up with water schemes. Yeah. So that's a, a thing which is happening in a lot of developing countries, in Liberia and, again, in Pakistan. I think these are the two countries where a lot of uh, education, p- private service delivery is happening like right now. And uh, that's essentially the government saying, okay, we will give you a voucher for $3 or $5 a month, and this person is living under a certain income threshold, and you can go to a private school. Or, otherwise, this is a government school which is not functioning well, just give it to a private contractor. Uh, whether that's a non-profit or whether it's a for this, this the is the
0: ball-brother
1: Idea: When you don't know how to run your school, just like <laughs> you let it to someone problem. else. But that's the problem I have. Which, is, which two things right there: the dogmatic approach to it, whether or not the, because the state isn't functioning very well, it should automatically be it automatically assume that the non-state actors, market included, will be suddenly better providers or so on, because we assume certain technical competences or efficiencies are coming. from and yeah. that's a, and that's a problem. That's a problem. And the second thing is. If we believe that education is a public good, to the extent that, as a result of that, the state comes in, it's a public good because it's a market failure. And so it's the not state a public wait, good. And, and if we believe so... It is if, arguable. If we, if it's we believe it's so, not,
0: it's excludable. which is a normative way. No, 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 okay, okay, so coming back... So no, 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 go, no, no, no. no, no, no.
1: wait, wait, wait. Let's just accept... Okay, fine, I take your point, but traditionally... It's a, mer- it's a merit good. It's normally, okay, fine. Merit. Whichever one of them. But the fact is, if you believe that the state, is, 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 if it's a state's failure, the state has failed... Is the solution to say do not try to repair the, the failures in the state, do not try to help the state, because largely in developing countries, for example, this is a matter of capacity—the extent to which they can train, regulate, monitor. If we improve those capacities, then perhaps the state will be able to deliver it. How? But unless we're saying that we don't want, unless we're unless we're unless we're saying we don't want the state. To be involved in this, so oh, that ch- you, you this, can go,
0: it? you can go with the incremental way in that case, because instead of saying yeah, the state should be left out of the equation, you mm-hmm. can say so the state is incapable at the moment because of its lack of capacity right. to undertake this kind of reform. Right. So what you can do is you just out contract it to private sectors, to private businesses, and so on. But you strengthen... assuming the businesses are good, the business yeah yeah, are yeah. Assuming because business... in many of these countries, the, so by, the, the, the by, private sector is uh, not by, very developed. Yeah, by so imposing something better to... than often the state. By but, imposing but, some regulations, but, but, but what you can do on the other hand is, as you're posi- imposing the regulation, on the other hand, mm-hmm. as you're sort of like putting that aside and putting it, giving it to someone else, you can strengthen your monitoring capacities. So you are not in charge of running schools, but you are in charge of regulating them.
1: But the premise, but, but, ah. well, there are two premises, and because the premise, the, the first premise that you've you, that you've that you've said that, that you've included the private sector like, is because you're saying the state doesn't have the capacity. The other premise is, this, is the ideological premise which is to say that the state must not be involved in this yeah, first. I uh, uh, them mentioned the No, le, no, le, no. Le, but le, they're, 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 those are the two premises that could guide the extent to which you approach this incremental way. So because are, if the state begins to have the capacity, do you take it back from the, from the market? There,
2: there are two things we're trying to talk about here. I think that's what you two are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Is First of all, is what if the market is not providing good pro- private education or equitable private education or uh, education, ed- ed- yeah. education anyways? So what does it do then? And second, should the state be the principal party responsible for providing this because it's a merit good and because the aggregate... That's an ideological problem. In yeah. Question. But that, 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 that's a question we can turn, spend hours on because there are positive externalities and it's an, at the aggregate level. Uh, it has a spillover effect. To, uh, the private returns are less than the public returns so the government should provide it. And that's a very fair argument to make. But for a lot of these countries, when you go in, and I think you said this while Jovan was talking, was then how? How should the state, which by the way not only has capacity problems, but there's accountability mechanisms problem. Mm-hmm. There's a long route of accountability yeah. there. Which is very which is diff- often
3: totally non-functional yes. in these cases. So,
2: and what happens, you can say, so and you say like, look, I know your state doesn't work, but we can, over the next 10 years, we will bring in policy intervention which might make the state and some schools work better mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But we don't want you to go to private schools, so or we don't want you to promote private education, because it might have uh, negative impacts on... Uh, the investment
3: in state capacity or something. Mm-hmm. So you but see this as a practical solution to is. deal with to deal
1: with the which problem. Which is domestic makes. and contextual. But if if
0: yeah. if I, I make just before like just before we go deeper in the topic of state and market, whether it's normative or descriptive, and you were saying that education was a merit good, and the interesting thing actually about education is this sort of dualism, mm. which is education. Uh, because of the nature of its institution, is actually a private good because it's excludable. It's rival, so it's rival, and so it is a private good. But the nature in it, which is to convey knowledge, to transmit knowledge,
3: <laughs> no- knowledge,
0: yeah, this yeah. is so. This is this is the, the goal of education to transmit knowledge, and knowledge is a public good. Mm-hmm. So usually we are justifying the role and the play of the state by saying that as it is a public good, the state should be the provider. Mm-hmm. But also because, concretely. The institution is private. We should. We also say that the the private sector and the market should enter in the, in the providing it.
3: But but also the equity issue is. A, a clear argument for government intervention in yeah. education, but uh, wouldn't uh, because if you deal with vouchers, then suddenly you have to deal with means testing yeah. issues, which requires a massive monitoring apparatus, mm-hmm.
1: right? So you're you're increasing government intervention to a certain degree anyway. Yeah, and then who need, and then who 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 should qualify for the for the voucher may not necessarily apply for it, may not necessarily get, go for it because of social problems and and certain creating, social issues. And and that, you're creating barriers. Absolutely, no. you you end up with a bureaucracy that is diverting resources to this kind of thing when you really should be perhaps improving the system. But, but, but that's so, why, re,
0: relying, for example, on the work of Paulo Freire, who was this uh, educational uh, philosopher and thinker mm-hmm. in Brazil, mm-hmm. and we did this incredible program and managed to teach, like, what was the... He started, like, with a very unconventional program, like the one happening in Pakistan, and he taught these 300 illiterate people who didn't know how to count at the time, mm-hmm. and in one month they knew how to read and how to count, because he was, like, employing a very particular way. Mm-hmm. And what he was showing is, actually, that the state is not necessarily the regulator of the market. It can actually be the local communities. Mm-hmm. It can be something that happens more locally and with the people by, like we're saying, by strengthening the short-term accountability and by giving more power to yeah. the people, more flexibility to the people on the ground. Yeah.
2: So I think, I think when we talk about this because um, uh, when you're sitting in London or when you're in developed countries you see state as someone which has significant capacity and uh, is a legitimate power. Yeah. But in a lot of these developing countries, state is not the most powerful actor. Markets are often more not powerful. The yeah, often th- that fragile states. many of these
1: countries also have very undeveloped or weak uh, market systems. Well, market I think that th- n-
2: not necessarily. The market might be stronger than the state uh, and the market might be more efficient in delivering. But th- the reason is why people go to private schools is because there's a very strong sense of accountability. If your kid is not learning, you can pull them out. For those who can afford. Yeah, but the point is when we talk about that, the fact is that in comparison to the counterfactual that there are no private schools, and there's only public schools, these private schools are much more equitably providing
3: education to a large right, this population. Right, this is a challenge for me, because, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think, that, I think that public education is a normative good. I agree but with In you cases know. where state capacity cannot provide a quality education, there seems like there's practical solutions in these mm, cases. Why is it normative, in your opinion? I think that the equity issue is critical. I think that... Uh, Like Danny Dorling says, talking about inequality. Um, Okay, but like real countries don't have... Private schools, but it's an equity issue. And they just have and, and you're schools an tied to
2: the postcode and some of yeah. them being very good and the not being It seems very it good. seems though, that is it,
3: that is the case in this country. Absolutely, yeah. uh, but this guy, this is not a real country. But this is this is, this is, this is <laughs> and neither is mine. <laughs> but this is uh, I understand the the, the problem with the equity,
0: but this is like kind of a problem that can happen in the UK or in developed countries. In this country, what we're saying is actually the public the public provision of education is failing. So it's failing for everyone Off equally. The field. Yeah, it's often fake, but I'm it I'm for everyone.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that that's what I see as the challenge.
0: So basically, the state is maybe less is maybe more unequal in his provision of um, education than the yes. market. Right. Well, yeah, yes. uh,
1: because it depends on the, the nature of politics in the state. Um, to what extent are certain kinds of goods being provided to whom and, and on what partisan basis? And edu- education falls into that. And you can check some of these very same developing countries, post-colonial societies, for example, and to see how, how education is distributed as a public good if I can say that, without it's being a contested.
3: Public. So is this a call for context-specific It has to be. Solutions? It has
1: to be. Not totally diagnostic. Not, not to say that you totally disregard the, 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 um, the, 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 market, the market itself. Right. But as I said, if the problem is with state capacity, and if you, if, it would seem to me if you have a problem with state capacity, wherein the state doesn't have the capacity to do this because so, of weaknesses and so on, it would seem to me you fix those. Yeah, but once so you but fix those, obviously its functions that have been sourced out to the private. Now, if the state is functional, then do does the state what, does the state have a role beyond mere just being a mechanical regulator uh, of rules? That's okay. Making hypotheses, uh, we're
0: saying that the state is dysfunctional. So if the state is functional, it's not the case at the moment. Yes. But what, what seems to be the case is like it's just it's just it is a multi-layer problem, which is the monitoring, for example. Maybe you should go to the local communities, but the um, the curriculum formation, the curriculum construction should maybe be given to the state in order to not actually uh, deconstruct national identity or sort of like unity in, uh, in, the, in the state or this kind of thing and maybe the running of the education in the everyday life should be left to the market.
1: But I think that goes to a dogmatic approach, an ideological approach that is to say it's the market or the market has the, can provide these kind of efficiencies. And I suppose that's a challenge I have, because if you approach it from that way, you're saying, you're inherently saying, or the argument inherently so assumes that the state has these uh, sort of uh, regulatory role mainly. I think It doesn't have a role in I was saying, saying that the, the state
0: uh, was, was not the regulatory like, sure, uh,
2: yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I think you're, uh, what you're talking about is quite accurate, and that's a, all of these concerns are very real. Let me tell you this. So Pakistan now has 40% of people in uh, private schools, right? In non-government schools. So recently, about a month... Or, or so ago Pakistan had massive tax cuts uh, so a lot of people majority of the population now is exempt from income tax because the threshold has been increased significantly country. significantly and those people who do pay taxes would have to pay about half of what they were paying at least what they were paying before. That's massive? Yeah that's a massive tax tax cut. Why does so, that happen? Yeah so let me remember so I'm, <laughs> I'm working on this article for a newspaper and I was interviewing some people I was like are you okay with these tax cuts and they're like look our government we go to private schools we go to private hospitals our housing is done by private corporations. Everything we do is done by the private sector. Why, what kind of moral justification does a state have of taking 30% of our income when it cannot give us education or healthcare or the basic public service delivery which we often talk about in these uh, in developed countries? Now, the point I'm making, and you touched upon a state building here too, the fear I have is this. If there is a sort of mass private delivery of, Public services like healthcare mm-hmm. and education, and it applies to healthcare too. It, it's working, the counterfactual right now is much better to have this delivery because you're still giving some standard of education for less cost than you would through government schools. What long term implication would it have on state building? For instance, the, uh, yes. I remember the public education in France after, happen, after, after happening after the revolution happened for a very deliberate reason to create a Frenchman identity, right? Yes. Of course, it has negative externalities on every other country, but
0: regardless. Negative externality.
2: I think you can argue for, for
0: positive right. long term <laughs> consequences of Napoleonic. I, I, I would say, I would say, let's not, everything all call, let's but, not compare okay, Pakistan well, and France.
2: But no, but I, I, what, <laughs> what I'm saying is that public education has been deliberately used by countries like the States, by France, by other countries, Germany, to create national identity. identities, right? The point is that if in all of these several all countries, a, which are already ethnically fragmented, you will have this private provision of everything, mm-hmm. all of these goods, and eventually, like in Pakistan, which is leading, is pub- people are saying, we don't want to pay taxes, they're either evading it, or the government has realized now they're cutting taxes because they know they're not providing any services. What kind of implication do you guys believe it would have in the long run on the state if, building of the society?
0: If, if, if I may jump on that, when we're saying, for example, about the, the, the institution, whether the state should provide it from a dogmatic point of view, from, from a dogmatic point of view. So actually... Not like leaving aside the dogmatic point of view, when we just look at the practical point of view. The state, if ever, has to, to, to provide for this uh, public education, has to fund it, has to find some money. To do that, it has to raise taxes, and to raise taxes, it has, it has to have an eager population and to have a legitimacy. Yes. And studies have shown, actually, that education is one of the most uh, controversial good, with the most uh, um, dispersion, ethnic dispersion on education which makes it very hard for the state to provide anything on it but as you were saying because the market is jumping in it people have even less incentive to pay taxes which might end up doing something of course we're comparing two different countries but for example in the US where the problem of equity at that time become very uh, very important because people if people start stop paying taxes saying actually I don't, I don't see any benefits I don't see, see you any don't, like do to see. yeah exactly direct
3: consequence of Things like upper-class exit from yeah. public education, um, hospitals, it's, things like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it becomes the tragedy of the common. And so there is no longer putting aside the national identity, putting aside like all the social uh, point of view, just in terms of economic terms, it's going to like polarize people, polarize the society and put people aside because the rich are going to become richer by being able to, to pay for the education, but also the health but also all these goods that are usually provided by the mm-hmm. state. No, but that, yeah. that's kind of a spillover effect that can happen, and that it's very likely to happen. If that, that
3: was my third uh, major problem with private provision of education, is how do you deal with elite lead exit from state? from Or even a working class exit. State. Everybody's exiting at the end, only the poorest of the poor,
0: like the bottom 20% is left. Right, they but have more freedom. The, 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 but so I would the argue the poorest <laughs> of the poor is still one fifth of the population. But I would argue the if you're, if you're trying to
3: build a state that elite exit is, I think, fatal for long-term state development. Has right? to be. So how? I mean, it seems like this is a clear case in Pakistan where that is happening. What What are your thoughts on on how that bodes for Pakistan's development? I reserve my judgment on that, <laughs> but uh, I think that's, that's the, 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 So we don't
2: have evidence of this, like empirical evidence, and so it's very difficult. Don't, don't we, with the tax cut? It's, you can't prove that that's what it led to, but uh, that's my, my, my th- theory, or my understanding, or my experience of talking to people, that's what it seems to be like, and that seems to be
0: a logical conclusion. You, yeah. you can prove that, like even in developed countries in general, it's just a logical conclusion to end up with. Yeah. When you're saying, okay, why would I pay something that I'm not getting back in return? It's just a logical conclusion. You, talk, you take the case of education, it can also be the take of public transport, if you have your private Anything. driver, yeah. So you just, if you pay for something you're not getting, then you what's, stop.
1: Yeah, what's, what's the point in paying? That's why, that's why you have informal economy and, 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 and black markets. But just, just to, to finish, as we're running out of time... No, we don't have two
0: minutes. We, all right, we're, we're running out we're, of time. So we're <laughs> running ahead. out of time. Just to be a bit more accurate on what we're talking about, the private education was very peculiar in this situation. It was not the one we have in Europe, but also the private education, as we particularly uh, stay on the Pakistani uh, case, did not refer to madrasas who are, which are also no, which are also private institutions. We didn't mention them in this um, in this. But just
2: over two million kids.
0: Just. All and how region. many children
2: are there? How, are many, how many children 190, are hundred and ninety million? Two hundred million. Two hundred million. And sixty percent of Pakistan is under the So they're 80. not
1: statistically significant.
2: But it? they are significant uh, but they're not the extent to which
1: yeah, they shape the overall no, uh, picture is Yeah, and, and,
2: and uh, it's all, it's because of similar reasons, because government schools don't function and madrasas are where people of even poorer people who can't even go to low cost private mm. schools go often because madrasas provide you with free boarding and free food. Oh. So you just give your kid away for the next Fourteen years, and they raised them, and
0: that, 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 that is why, for our listeners who are interested in the topic, we might recommend them to see the documentary *My Believers*. We didn't even, well, yeah, that's
2: a very good.
1: As we wrap up, we Among didn't even touch on, on, Netflix. The, on the examples that Scandinavian public education system um, tells us about how they approach their education, which is more public than it, than, 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 uh, but you know, than but private. But, but that's but for another.
2: Norway and Sweden have a lot of state capacity.
1: Well, and the they fact have is the they co- provide lessons, but there are there are less. and very they are issue. Absolutely. But they provide lessons. Which because we talk about, for example, you, I think you mentioned ethnically fragmented societies. If you go to. If it's you go to dispersion on public goods. Or, or, or that. If you go to, like, the Caribbean, <laughs> for example, Latin. if you go to Caribbean, uh, where there is a more homogenous um, ethnically society, then the, 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 the dynamics may be different. But nonetheless, you 're be able to choose um, lessons from all the different um, I, kinds of things. I cases. don't think,
2: at least in the case of Pakistan, it's an ethnic, uh, ethnic-driven provision of public goods. Or even a, a delivery of a private school. Uh, no, but, education. But, but, but I understand the point. Yeah. I understand that that might lead to further ethnic fragmentation. But I think it will lead to much more of a, a class-driven uh, et- uh, fragmentation mm-hmm. rather than an ethnicity. Plus, we didn't one.
1: even look at uh, so a de- a decentralization of education um, systems in countries. And, ex- and to what extent another. does that counter, perhaps, that they, they need to privatize, maybe? Who knows? But I think the solution I think we've come up with is that these problems have to be looked at Country base, you have to be domestic, contextualized, you have to look at the issues locally. Which is the regular end of an economist? It depends. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends. <Yeah. laughs> I know. Thank you so much, Shah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank um,
0: you. That's it. Goodbye. Okay. Solo Ciao. I'm